You are now listening to the Cruise Control Podcast here on SoundCloud and iTunes. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing good, Randy. Excited for the premiere episode of the show in 2018. Excited for what lies ahead. How you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Happy New Year to you and the family. Um, lots of uh, wrestling going on in America, outside of America. Um, I guess we'll talk about the big... Uh, first of all, Graham Matthews is on Twitter at WrestleRant, host of the WrestleRant radio show, as well as doing some big stuff with Bleacher Report. Go ahead and check him out. Um the big match that every wrestling fan has been talking about um, is is Bray Wyatt Apollo Crews. So let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> six stars. Dave Meltzer broke his previous record. It's now six and a half stars for Bray Wyatt Apollo. <laughs> oh man, here we go. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Res- Wrestle Kingdom twelve, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know me, Graham. I, I'm a big wrestling fan, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a whole about a whole uh, lot about New Japan and what's going on there and and stuff like that. But once you get uh, Chris Jericho involved, uh, you you might not see me watch the the match at five o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. But I did get a chance to see it earlier today. Before we get to the match, I want to ask you: Did you get a chance to check out not only that match but the entire card? So I didn't watch the whole show. I will say flat out, I didn't watch it live. So here in the East Coast, it would have been like 3, 4 in the morning. To me, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. If you love New Japan, that's fine. And the show was so I'm not saying it's not worth it, Mm. but I do value my sleep. And I'm not staying up for six extra hours until 9 o'clock in the morning to watch a show that I can watch like later on in the day. To me, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, especially if you avoid spoilers and stuff. Just stay on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, and you can just watch spoilers. That being said, um, I did find out, and I think I'd heard this previously anyway, the show is like six hours long. That's ridiculously long. I mean, WrestleMania sometimes is that long, too. Right. Um, but I'll watch it because I'm a WWE fan, and New Japan is great. I heard the whole show is amazing, but I'm not going to watch six hours of a product I don't really stay too much in touch with. Though I did hear it was a very good show. I watched certain parts of it this morning. I was only really planning on watching Jericho and Omega and maybe the main event. I know that's what I told you yesterday. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it through text. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I also ended up watching four away for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. It was Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, Kushida, and uh, Takahashi, I believe his name was. That was a really, really fun four away. And also uh, Cody Rhodes versus Kota Ibuki, which has been Cody Rhodes' best match since he left WWE two years ago. So that was a great match, too. Um, but Joe Omega and the main event were the top two matches on the show. They delivered Okada, Naito, and Omega, Omega and Jericho. Two phenomenal matches that people should uh, absolutely check out when they have the time. All right, so... I need you to break down Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, because, you know, again, that was a big fight everybody kept talking about on, on the entire card. I don't know who else was, was on the card for uh, for Wrestle Kingdom 12. So um, I think the match went about 30, 35 minutes. I, I did see the match earlier today. Uh, great action, up and down, fast pace. Um, you know, going through tables, both uh, Kenny and Jericho going through tables. 
Um, I, I'm not sure what Kenny, uh, what do you call that finishing move Omega did on Jericho at the end? But the one thing that that I did notice, and I don't know why Jericho does not do it in a WWE, is that he did the the walls of Jericho the way it should be done. I, the 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 dude the dude on the outside, um, the father and son that he hit early yeah. on, and then I think he did it on Omega. The second time, and he had the the knee right on 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 the face, and I'm like Jericho, how come you don't do it the way it's supposed to be when you're you know with Vince and all that? So like now he he's doing the move correctly over there. Yes, that was called Tamer. He obviously did that quite a bit in WCW because the people he worked with were smaller, and he's done it a few times in WWE before. I know he's done it to Kofi Kingston before. That was years ago, though. I can't remember the last time he did it in WWE. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's one of their restrictions or it's something with him where, again, the person that he's working with has to be on the smaller side, like an AJ Styles. Like, he can't do that to Kevin. He break his back. Yeah. It's got to be a smaller person. But, yeah, it did look cool. I think he did do it to Omega. I think you're right. I know he did it to the son of the referee in the match. Yeah. He probably did it to Omega, but it was cool to see him bust that out. I mean, the whole match felt like a completely different Jericho. It was easily, like, undoubtedly, unquestionably, one of his best matches, his best match in many, many years, like not even close. And it felt that way because he didn't feel restricted. Um, like, he came into the arena, cheered as a, fav- as a baby face, as a fan favorite, and then he turned the entire crowd against him by throwing up the middle finger and flipping him off and using um, and all this other stuff against the crowd and Kenny. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was this amazing turnaround from Jericho, and I expect nothing less from a mastermind like him. Um, but, yeah, stuff like that, though, with the Lion Tamer, it was really cool to see him bust out certain stuff that we've not seen from him in WWE in many, many years, if not ever. So, real quick sidebar. I know we'll get to the match, but you just mentioned that it, it was Chris Jericho's, I guess, good, great match in, in, in a while. So, for you, if you can remember... When was the last great, good to great Jericho match that you that you saw? Okay, so I don't want to say like great. Well, I mean this match was great. I thought this was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like it's hard to say because you got to go by different standards. Like in New Japan, everyone was up for this match, but I think people had some people had their guard up because it is New Japan. It's mm-hmm. Kenny Omega. The guy's really fast. The guy's really really good. Jericho, as awesome as he is and he can get over a thing like a list or a jacket or a scarf or whatever. The guy's 47 years old. He can only do so much in the ring nowadays, and he can have very good matches. Not always can he have great matches. So that said, I thought he not only met, but exceeded my expectations with his match with Jericho, or with Omega, rather. Before this match, like I thought the matches with Kevin Owens were great, but for different reasons, because they kind of told a different story, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really like all about the in-ring action as this one was, and I told a great story here, too. The matches with Owens were great. Um, The EJ Styles matches were also very good, if not great, but I thought this was probably his best match since either his series in the nine, or even maybe like the latter match with Shawn Michaels. And he's had a lot of great matches in between, don't get me wrong, the ones with Punk, the ones with Edge. Um, He's had a lot of good matches over the years. But none came close to the one that he had on tonight at, uh, at the Tokyo Dome in New Japan. Um, so I thought this match was really, really good and probably his best match and almost close to a decade, I'd say. 
did you see this stat somewhere? You probably did. Um, that Chris Jericho is now one of three guys to let me get it right. Headline the, the, Tokyo Dome or Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. Um, WrestleMania also, Tokyo Dome, yeah. Yeah, they said that at the start of the match. It was a great stat. The only other two people were Rick Flint. Brock Lesnar, and obviously AJ Styles will hopefully end up on that list. Mm-hmm. He headlines WrestleMania later this year because he's obviously done both as well. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty a pretty incredible stack because it was not the main event; it was the co-main event. Uh, but nonetheless, um, definitely deserving of that honor was Chris Jericho. So now the whole the the style of the match you got you got tables you got you got chairs. You get a lot of high-speed action. Kenny Omega kicking Jericho in the face and, and sounding really loud. Um, back and forth, 35 minutes. I mean, you did not expect a, a, a real Matt, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle kind of match from Jericho and Omega. You, What you got is what you expected, right? Yeah, no, it was not going to be a Matt Classic, nor should it have been. Like I said, the guy's 47 years anyone expecting Jericho from, like, 2000 or 1995, like, WCW Jericho, this stuff he can do in the ring, it's not going to happen. Like, he can still be a very good wrestler and have a really good wrestling match. Like, I think the matches with AJ were very good, but they weren't as good as they probably could have been, like, five or six years ago, because Jericho is just not that young anymore. Um, that being said, I thought, with the limitations they had in this match, with it being a no-DQ match and him going balls to the wall to be a hated heel... Um, and the stuff he did to build up the match, I thought the build was great between attacking Omega beforehand and various shows leading up to the Wrestle Kingdom event um, and everything else I thought was awesome. Jericho here was just great in every aspect. But, yeah, I thought having it be a no-DQ match was absolutely for the best because if you had them go out there and have an Omega-Okada-like match mm-hmm. and expect them to have a Matt Classic like from WrestleMania 12 between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, it wasn't going to work and it was going to underwhelm. So I thought with what they did, it was perfect. Um, I mean, yeah, I I really was surprised about the whole thing. Uh, again, I did not see the, I did not see the whole card. I, I did not see the main event, nor Cody Rhodes match, nor the Fatal Four Way uh, match. But I thought it was, like you said, forty seven years old, going in there, different territory, and going up against who other people deem to be the best in the world. And, you know, for me, I don't see Kenny Omega as much. I think I, I only saw him one time with the um, Okada match. So I don't know a whole lot of Kenny Omega. So someone like me and other people who are just casual fans that don't see Omega all the time, like how can you sell me um, that Kenny Omega is is indeed the best in the world and that next big-time player coming whether he comes to the WWE or not. I mean, it's hard to say, especially coming from me, just because I also do not watch much New Japan. I've probably seen maybe one or two more Kenny Omega, uh, Kenny Omega matches than you have. Still not a whole ton, though. I've only seen a handful of uh, New Japan shows in the last year, including the aforementioned Okada Omega matches. I saw an Omega match a few years ago, Wrestle Kingdom. And that was about it. I don't see many Omega matches, aside from when he works very rarely in Ring of Honor. Um, but from what I have seen, including this Jericho match, the guy knows what he's doing. I've heard people talk about him, like fellow wrestlers, and that the guy is just a genius in the ring. He knows what he wants to do. He knows what he's capable of in the ring. He's a great character, an awesome talker. Um, and he knows what he's doing when he's in there. He knows what he's capable of. So, again, it's hard to say until you get to see more of him. 
or even on a bigger stage, can you really call the guy the best in the world if he's not competing in front of a worldwide audience in WWE? It might be short-sighted to say that just because, oh, I haven't seen him wrestle, so therefore he's not the greatest wrestler in the world. Mm. Um, I mean, that's all, it's a subjective thing anyway. Like, John Cena could be the greatest wrestler in the world, according to some people. It could be AJ Styles. That's who it is, in my opinion. But if you say Omega, if you say Okada, if you say this other guy, that guy, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's all subjective anyway. It's pro wrestling. Um, but I think Omega, if he's not the best guy in the world, he's definitely close. And I think the fact that, I mean, obviously a lot of people watch this match or this show because of Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. But you're going to stay for the guys like Kenny Omega. The fact that I watched the match at all, that you watched the match at all, goes to show not only how good Chris Jericho is, but also goes to show that there's plenty of a buzz around a guy like Kenny Omega right now. And I think it's only inevitable before he ends up in WWE, whether it be at this time next year or five years down the road. I think it's only inevitable before we see him in the, in the WWE ring alongside guys like the Young Bucks. I think they'll come over as a package deal at some point down the road. Yeah, and then, you know, Kenny Omega would come there and then get Dolph Ziggler, match one. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's why that's why people like that don't want to come over. I mean, AJ was a rare case where he succeeded, um, but not everyone's going to be like that. I think Kenny Omega would have a better chance of succeeding more than a guy like Okada, even though Okada is also up there as one of the best guys in the world right now. Mm. It's a different, I don't know, it's a different thing with Japanese wrestling. I think Kenny Omega can translate to the American style very well. Okada, I think, can too. But I'm not sure WWE would treat him as the star that he is. I think with Kenny Omega, they would. Like, I don't think Kenny Omega would go to NXT first. I think he would definitely go to the main roster. But, again, it's all a matter of when and not if, I think. it's Again, just some point down the road. It's something to keep in mind, I guess. Now, were you surprised with the amount of um, chair shots to the head that, that Jericho gave Kenny Omega in, um, in the corner? Yeah, no, it wasn't too big of a fan of that. I mean, it wasn't your standard chair shot in the head where he took the chair and smacked him over the head with it. Mm-hmm. It was just planted in the corner. That I'm not a big fan of. I know Jericho went out there with something to prove that he could still deliver at 47 years of age, and I thought he succeeded in that respect. I think going a bit too far with the chair shots was a little much. Um, he might have gone a bit too far in that respect, but again, it's all subjective. I didn't really have a huge issue with it really nitpicking. I just didn't really think it was necessary. You still could have used the chair, maybe just not with the headshots. Right. Um, but I did. I, I will. I will say that I did think that the one wing angel, which was Omega's finishing maneuver, mm-hmm. him hitting that on the chair to finish off Jericho, I thought was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one, according to the commentators, has ever kicked out of that move. So for Omega to not only beat Jericho with that move but also to hit him with it on the chair goes to show. Like, they really went out of the way to protect Jericho because he got hit with, like, not the one-wing angel a couple of times, that move, but also, like, the V-trigger or the B-trigger, whatever he calls it, the knee that he does. He hit him with that, like, 12 times. So, I mean, they really made Jericho look good here. So we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens to Jericho moving forward if he's a part of New Japan. I, w- I would think that it would have to be crazy to not offer him another match after the outing that he had with Omega on that show. But, um, yeah, I, I think at some points they went a little too far with the chair shots, but overall it was a great Wow, nobody has ever kicked out of his uh, his finishing move. I mean, wait till he fights John Cena. <laughs> uh, yeah, give it five minutes in the Shit. ring of John Cena. going <laughs> to kick out of it night one. I think John Cena has kicked out of everybody's finishing move at least once. Everybody in the company, everybody. 
wouldn't be surprised if we see Taker and Cena. Mm-hmm. No, he's kicking out of a tombstone. There is oh, no no mistaking that. So my, my my question is now: Jericho does this, Omega wins. Now what? Now I think you mentioned you'll be surprised if they don't offer Jericho at least one more match. But you know, again, Omega is not coming to the WWE anytime soon, as far as I know or we know. So now it's like, now now what do you do? So with Jericho, again, like I said, I mean, they would be crazy to not offer him another match after the buzz that this generated. I heard ticket sales were up twice from where they were last year because of, yeah. I mean, the whole card was great. The main event was pretty heavily heavily hyped and anticipated as well. But you know Jericho and Omega had a lot to do with that. So um, I, I don't think this is going to be Jericho's last match there. If it's merely a one-off, I have no complaints about that. I you know No regrets because this was an amazing match. So if he just comes in, does this match, and leaves, and leaves on a high note as opposed to coming back for a second match that isn't nearly as good, um, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with just this match. But I'm not sure what next is for Jericho. Like I said before, I was fantasy booking on Twitter when this was first announced. Maybe like two. Um, I was saying maybe you know Kenny Omega beats Jericho here, and then they have a rematch at WrestleMania down the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it'd be pretty cool. Um, I think Kenny Omega is locked up to a contract with New Japan until like this time next year. I know he was a free agent last year. I'm not sure what his status is currently. But I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. He's their U.S. champion right now, so I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Though I do think he is WWE-bound before long in the matter of the next five years or so. With Jericho, again, New Japan, I could see another match for him. I feel like anything else other than an Omega rematch. I mean, the guy lost, so why would you do a second match? He lost decisively clean in the middle of the ring, so why do a part two? Um, but that said, I feel like anything else would be a step down, unless he's fighting for the championship, which isn't really necessary. So I'm not sure, um, and I'm not sure he's heading back to WWE anytime soon because he's got a Fozzie tour coming up, and he won't be at WrestleMania. So I don't know, but I'm uh, curious to find out what is next for both guys moving forward, though. So playing advocate real quick, uh, Jericho, yes or no, he's still under contract with Vince, right? No, I know there was a lot of oh. talk about this amongst fans as to whether he was under a deal with WWE or not. Mm. Jericho did talk about it on his latest podcast on Wednesday. Okay. He admitted to asking Jericho, or excuse me, Vince for, not permission, he just doing this New Japan thing, and Vince was all for it. Um, I don't think, I think it would have been a whole different process if he was under contract with WWE and then, you know, he had to go wrestle the match in New Japan. It's contractually not, he can't do that unless he has permission. I think it was more a matter of like, hey, I'm going to let Vince know because I'm kind of his guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Vince was okay with it. His contract technically expired back in May after that whole thing with Kevin Owens uh, ran its course. That one-off in July was just because I think he was like area or he was back. It was never really meant to kick off a run. Um, so now under contract with New Japan, or WWE. Um, so, yeah, he's not under contract with anywhere right now, from what I understand. Oh, wow. Because, you know, me, I'm, I'm under the impression that, you know, first of all, which, what I read and see online and Twitter and hearsay and whatever, that somebody out there, I'm not even sure he, he was he's a professional, but he was like, um, 
that Vince wanted Jericho to, to do the match in New Japan to kind of feel out Omega and to see if Omega would be on the same level as Jericho so that in the event Omega comes, that that McMahon would feel more comfortable seeing Omega in the ring with one of his guys as opposed to somebody in, in New Japan. So Vince could be like, you know what? That's one guy I would want to come here. No, yeah, that was strictly a rumor. I mean, I have no doubt that Vince maybe didn't watch the match, but he's heard about it, <laughs> and he's like, hey, maybe this Omega guy is as good as people are saying he is. I mean, I'm sure he heard about the buzz for Okada Omega last year. I mean, the guy doesn't sit down and watch New Japan pay-per-views at 3 o'clock in the morning. Could you imagine Vince huddled around his laptop watching Wrestle Kingdom? That'd be hilarious. Um, but, no, I mean, it was more a matter of – it was strictly a Jericho thing. He said, hey, I think this would be cool. He worked it out with Don Callis, who was one of the commentators for the match, who wasn't Kelly Ke- Kevin Kelly. He was the uh, color commentator for the match. Jericho and him are good. He had a deal with uh, Gato or Jado or whoever and to come over, do the match, and uh, whatever happens afterward is additional. So, um, yeah, that was really what it was. It wasn't a matter of Vince working any deal out with New Japan to uh, see if Kenny Omega was on Jericho's level. I think that was just solely a rumor, but I have no doubt that Vince has heard about Kenny Omega and would be interested in bringing him over at some point down the road. It's like the AJ Styles thing. Like I know that Vince didn't really see AJ as a huge star when he first was brought in, mm-hmm. but it was only what he did in WWE that got him over with Vince. Like if Kenny comes over tomorrow, he's not going to be WWE champion. Like Vince does not see him on that level. He's heard the buzz, but that's all it really is is some buzz. It doesn't. It doesn't really mean anything until he makes a name for himself in the company. So, exactly. yeah, maybe hopefully this performance with Jericho will eventually land him a contract with WWE down the road, in addition to everything else he's done throughout his career as well. Yeah, I mean, overall, um, a great match between um, both them guys. Just remains to be seen of, of what transpires going forward with both Jericho and Omega. If Jericho goes back with Vince or Omega does a one-off with Vince, we don't know. But overall, you know, for the hype and excitement and all those press conferences that they had, and now you get a, a, a great match. Me, as a non-New Japan wrestling fan, I thought for what I, for what I saw, it was overall um, a great match. Like I said, anyone who should absolutely check it out. Um, the whole show, I mean, again, is worth watching. If you have six hours of time to kill, um, if you don't, I would recommend that match in the main event. If not, uh, also the four-way, like I said, and also Cody Rhodes and Kota Ayabushi. The whole show is enjoyable, but that match itself was uh, definitely, definitely delivered on the hype that it had received in the months leading up to it. Um, Shifting gears real quick. Um, One guy you mentioned earlier was John Cena. Um, Just kind of, you know, recap. Uh, he put his name in, into the Royal Rumble, which is uh, later on this month. A whole bunch of other people have put the name in, in the Rumble. Orton, uh, Elias, Finn Balor. Um, but I want to ask you, John Cena in the Rumble, which, Grant, for me, I would love for either John Cena or, or Reigns to win, to win this Rumble to see the fans' reaction of not having one of their guys like a Nakamura or Finn Balor win. Me, I'm like, you know what? I would love John Cena to win and then win his 17th world title at WrestleMania, which could be a possibility. It's not, you know, out of nowhere. Um, I doubt he would win the Rumble, but as it pertains to Cena and Cena only, 
what are the options you think they're going with for Cena? Is it, it you know, in the Rumble, but then like get a, a, a different storyline within the within the match and then he'll break off and fight that person at Mania and not be involved in the world title match? Does he win the Royal Rumble? Like what kind of options do you think they're going with for John Cena? So obviously they want to stack the Rumble match with as much star power as possible. Um, so his inclusion in the match is not surprising at all. Mm. Though I will say, like you said, he is definitely a candidate to win it. Um, there is, it's not set in stone that Roman Reigns is winning or Shinsuke Nakamura is winning. <laughs> could win. And after all, he has won every five years since 08. Lest we forget, he won in 2008. He won exactly five years later in 2013. It's 2018, five years later, he might win it again for the third time, tying Stone Cold Steve Austin's record for most Rumble wins. Mm. Wouldn't surprise me, before going on to win that 17th uh, World Championship at WrestleMania. I mean, that being said, is that something you want to see? Absolutely not. Not to say that Cena won't or they don't. I see him win the 17th world title, the Break Brick Floors record. I think it's going to happen eventually. It's, it's bound to happen. I just don't think this time, this road to WrestleMania is the right time. Um, I think, obviously, Roman and Brock is essentially set in stone. So that means he would have to go after AJ, which is deja vu because we just saw the whole AJ... AJ for his 16th WWE title run, yeah. which lasted all of two weeks before he dropped it to Bray Wyatt. Even that was a waste, in my opinion. But nevertheless, uh, with Cena, it's being reported that he has a bigger match for WrestleMania than the WWE Championship. So, reportedly, he will be involved in a mini match that won't be for a world title because the Universal title is pretty much locked up at this point. And that could, mer- and that could mean a variety of opponents. It could mean a match with Undertaker, like I said earlier, which I hope is not the case because I hope Undertaker is done because that match with Roman Reigns <laughs> was pretty abysmal. I don't think a Cena match is going to change anything. And, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that match is just five, six, if not ten years too late. Mm. But nonetheless, um, that is definitely absolutely on the table. Um, also, they could do him and Goldberg. That's been rumored. I know Goldberg is always open to another match. Mm. That's not really a dream match, in my opinion. But if they want to do it, that's fine. I've heard teased his name tossed around. I feel like been there, done that. And their matches, you know, six, seven years ago were pretty good. I think in 2017, 2018 now, it may be shitty, but whatever. Um, that's another option. And that's really about it. I mean, they don't really have many other big names. Like, we've seen Cena Triple H a million times before. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Cena and Brock a million times before. There really aren't many other names he could be facing that are bigger than the WWE Championship. They had a money-made match with Cena and Roman Reigns, but they already did that at no mercy. Cena lost, so why would they do a rematch? And like I said, Roman's already locked up with Brock anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I'm not really sure what's in store for John Cena. If you told me a year ago at this time that he would be facing um, The Miz and Maurice alongside Nikki, I don't really know what his WrestleMania plans are until probably after the Rumble, but they might do something in the Rumble match to set it up. Remember, it was Roman tossing an Undertaker that kind of set up the WrestleMania match. So maybe we see something similar this year. Just how, you know, God knows who else. Baron Corbin. We get a rematch from SummerSlam or WrestleMania. I would hope not, but that's what I mean, though. So we won't really know until WrestleMania, but I think the current rumor, the current report, is that it's going to not be for the World Championship. All right. So let's, let's, tr- let's try to fantasy book this where you're saying – Reportedly, John Cena has a big match at WrestleMania. So, 
Um, it's not the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. We know that. Um, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> he's not on the kickoff show. Um, <laughs> it, it may not be AJ Styles. Um, we, first of all, we we don't know if he's on Raw or SmackDown. He he's he's going back and forth. Um, because uh-huh. he says I'm in the Rumble, but he he does that on Raw. Um, him against Brock is not something I want to see. Which if it happens, it happens. But you know, whatever. Um, Undertaker, they could have Taker come out. And, you know, he may not be in the Rumble match, but he he can come out in the Rumble and and force Cena to lose. And then you get your story. Bing, bang, boom. You finally get John Cena Taker at WrestleMania, which you may not be happy with that, but I, I won't be totally upset with that because, you know, it is a match that most people do want to see. I, I lie, it is five, ten years too late. But for WrestleMania, you can kind of get away with that. You, you don't want to see Cena and, and Randy Orton for the 15th time. Um, he's not fighting Nakamura. He, he's not fighting Finn Balor. So it, it does, you know, he, he, he's not fighting Shane McMahon. He's not fighting Triple H, Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns again, no. So it, it is up in the air, but I think it comes down to if it's not the world title, can he still win the Rumble? But you know what? The bottom line is the pay-per-view they have after that is the the, the Chamber. So it, it does, you know, and, and as for Raw. So it, it gives the impression that somebody from SmackDown is going to win the Rumble, but we don't know what, what side John Cena is on. If he wins the Rumble, he'll get AJ Styles. Um, I, I, I believe, cause I don't think he will pick Brock Lesnar for, for his title. Um, but just having him involved, they do need big names. I, I get Balor and, and all these guys being in it, but you got to have that one marquee star to, to be in the Rumble. And um, I'd be really surprised if he wins the Rumble. I'd be happy, but I'd be surprised. I don't know. You don't want that, but I do. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just like... I don't know. I mean, I said this before, but it's like we've been there before. You look at the last five Rumble winners, Batista, Randy Orton, Triple H. It's like we talk about this new era, or the company talks about this new era, and then you give us the same old shit. And the one person you try to push that's a fresh face, and a guy like Roman Reigns, nobody wants to see him get pushed. It's like we need someone that the crowd will actually cheer for and make sense. And I know we talked about this before. I don't want to just suggest an internet favorite because it's an internet favorite, but mm. like if that was the case, I would say like a guy like Zack Ryder. Like the crowd would go crazy for Zack Ryder, but it makes absolutely no sense. Uh-huh. So you have to go with someone that makes sense. Again, Shinsuke Nakamura, to me, makes sense because you set up him and AJ Styles. But there are other options. Finn Balor, like I talked about last week, the guy's a loser right now. We have the Balor Club now, which is really cool, mm-hmm. but do you really rumble win after he spent the last two, three months facing the likes of Kurt Hawkins and the Miz I don't think so. I don't think he's much of a threat at this point. Um, so that being said, I don't know. With John Cena winning the Rumble, I feel like it's a waste. I feel like it's a waste. I feel like World Championship, it's, it's, it's not the right time. I just don't think it's the right time. I think if they wanted this, I'll, I'll tell you this. If they did this last year and they had Cena win the Rumble, okay, if they had him win the Rumble at that point, which I still would not have been thrilled with, but they had, instead of Cena winning the, it was Cena winning the WWE Championship at the Rumble pay-per-view, they had Undertaker do that instead. 
and they had Undertaker as champion going into WrestleMania and Cena winning the Rumble, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. That would have been a 17. We're still getting the same phases in the title picture, but whatever. It's a dream match. Again, it's all about timing with these people. They had Cena at WrestleMania 33. They had Undertaker at WrestleMania 33. Why didn't you do the match at that point? Why would you wait until this year? Why wouldn't you do Undertaker at WrestleMania 31 when you had both guys on the card? Why would you wait any longer? They can't do it anymore because things retired. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's a year too late, five years too late. The match won't be any good. It's not the worst match they can do because we haven't seen Cena and Taker in close to a decade, if not over a decade ago. So it could be a lot worse, but it's like, I don't know. We need a match that you know is going to be good and it's going to make sense. Doing it a year too late after that amazing farewell that Taker had at the end of WrestleMania 33, to me, again, it's ruining a good thing. Um, Not to say that it wouldn't draw money, because I think it absolutely would, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. They're just not the match that I would do. In my personal opinion, I would do John Cena and Samoa Joe for the Intercontinental Championship. It's not going to be the main event of WrestleMania, but I think it would be a fresh match, and it would also maybe help benefit the Intercontinental Championship if they did it over that, though. I just think that would be a way better use of both guys, specifically John Cena, than putting him in the ring with Cena faced a million times or a guy that he should have faced a year ago. Uh, has Cena ever fought Strowman one-on-one? They had a one-off Raw match a few months ago, um, and that was it. I think Strowman or Cena, whatever, one of them won by DQ. It wasn't a clean finish, but they had one match, and that was it. Oh, all right. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it just you know remains to be seen of what they do. I, I think it'd be very interesting. Um, they did waste the, the the Roman Cena match at No Mercy, which is you know again any quote unquote WrestleMania matches that people. Uh, want to see at WrestleMania? They're not saving it, you know. We, you know, just just to sidetrack, they they gave us, um, Oscar and Alexa Bliss are on Raw, and people thought, oh, that could be a Mania match, you know, that, that could be a Mania match and whatever, and you know, Oscar could win the Rumble, uh, for the women's and then get Alexa at WrestleMania. But again, a WrestleMania quote unquote WrestleMania match, um, on Raw. They did the same thing with the the, the Shield Triple Threat. I think it was Battleground uh, two years ago. WrestleMania match, mm-hmm. but they gave it on, on on at a Battleground. Um, and I have one more match in my head, but you know my thing is, why do they give quote unquote WrestleMania matches on free TV on on pay per views that don't deemed for for that match, or are they just like you know what if if we had that match right now we're gonna go ahead and do it. I absolutely hate that. I feel like I've talked about it here on your show before, but I've absolutely said it a million times in the past, especially now with John Cena. The guy's been in this company for, what, 15 years? He has faced everyone at least 10 times, okay? So that being said, why? Why would you waste potential dream matches with this guy on Raw and on SmackDown when you could save them for WrestleMania? A case in point, you had John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura, a match that we've never seen before. Right. Why would you waste that on an episode of SmackDown last summer? Why would you do that? <laughs> Nakamura won. Okay, Nakamura beats John Cena clean. To what? Lose to Ginger Mahal at SummerSlam? It made no sense. It helped Nakamura none, if only for like a week or two. So the match was a complete waste. You could have done that at WrestleMania, but they wasted it on SmackDown. It's not like they boosted the ratings up or anything. Complete waste. Like I said, Strowman and Cena did it on Raw. They almost did Samoa Joe and John Cena a few months ago before Joe got hurt. Thank God that happened, because that could be a row too. 
So all these separate things, it's like, especially with John, guys left, that you can consider dream matches. The Roman Reigns match and No Mercy, a B-level pay-per-view that no one remembers anything about the card. Why would you, why would you waste it at a show like that? At the very least, do it at a big four pay-per-view or something. That, to me, just makes no sense. Because once you come up to WrestleMania, we run into the issue that we have right now, where it's like, okay, we have no one for this side of face except for old legends, old 50-year-old guys to drop back in the goddamn ring because we don't have anyone from the current roster that he hasn't already faced in the last five or six years. Because they do the same matches over and over and over again on TV. I've never understood that. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. NXT does a way better job of it. Most, most companies do a better job of saving money matches. I know they have the brand split, and they have to do matches on TV from time to time. I get that. Asuka and Alexa Bliss didn't bother me that much because, to me, the real WrestleMania match is Paige and Asuka. That didn't really bother me all that much. But it's like, still, you should space this shit out and save it for when it matters. That Asuka Bliss match, they gave away without any advertisement whatsoever. Right. They run into this issue all the time with these matches where they just give them away on TV. You get to their fourth or fifth match at the pay-per-view, it's like no one cares, and they wonder why. It's because you already gave it away four or five times before that point, so it doesn't feel special anymore. So when like, they say first time ever, like when we got John Cena and AJ Styles at a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, as opposed to like a SummerSlam, we ended up getting the rematch at SummerSlam, but it still felt special because they had not given it away up to that point. So mm. that has always bothered me. They have a huge issue with that, but it's especially a problem with John Cena, and especially in the last year, where they give away all these big matches on TV, and then you get to shows like WrestleMania, and they have no one for him to face, Undertaker, because they've already done all the other matches with the people on the, on the main roster. To me, it's just super silly, and I don't know why they continue to make the same mistakes all the time. Well, because Graham, you know, they, you know, it, it's a brand new year, and they want to have the first Raw SmackDown of the new year be a big bang, and they say, hey, we'll give you Reigns and Samoa Joe for the IC title. Then, you know what, we'll give you Asuka and, and Alexa in a non-title match. And, of course, Alexa Bliss is going to lose because every time you put a, a champion in a non-title match, the champions lose. Um, and I think just just the, just the patience of the company to not let something draw be drawn out. You build a story. It's January. You mean to tell me that if they were going with Alexa and Oscar for the for the for, for WrestleMania, you can build a storyline for for three months, January four months for WrestleMania. You, you know, you, you have the Rumble coming up, so that's an extra built-in storyline for 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 the title, but. Then that 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 tells me they may they may not go Alexa and Oscar at WrestleMania. That means maybe uh, Alexa drops the title uh, at the Rumble or somewhere down down the line. You might get Paige um, as champion going into uh, WrestleMania. Then get Oscar. You never know. But it's like, hey, why give me that match in January? Then you want to give it to me in April. And and nowadays, f- compared to back in the days, it doesn't work. I will honestly tell you, I am shocked. I am so shocked. They have not yet given away AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown. <laughs> I fully expected them to do the match at some point in the last year. I'm telling you, like, they've teased it so many times. I'm thinking, okay, they're definitely going to do the match on SmackDown. I'm not saying I want them to. I'm just saying they will. But they didn't. They've actually been patient with that match. And that shocks me beyond belief that they're actually saving that for when it matters. Hopefully at WrestleMania. Um, but they don't do that with most of their matches. Again, they did it with Cena and Styles. 
They've only had three matches, and they were all on pay-per-view. That, to me, feels special. Right. You have a million John Cena and Randy Orton matches on Raw, SmackDown, Main Event, and Superstars. No one gives a shit. It gets to a point where it's comical to see the same matches over and over again. And Asuka, it's like you can't draw out a story going into WrestleMania and make people get them excited to want to see this match. Again, to me, didn't have that big of a problem with it because... Hopefully, to me, the WrestleMania match should be Paige and Asuka. Mm. That's a match they have teased, but they have not yet done. So that's why I'm hoping they're going to do that at WrestleMania. But knowing this company, they'll book it next week on Raw, and they'll Asuka win like in five minutes. So, again, I hope they don't do that stuff, but they do it anyway just because they're WWE and nothing is ever going to change. Hey, look, you know, last week me and you were like, hey, so, you know, AJ Styles, he beat gender, so now he, he, he needs a new opponent for the, for, for the Royal Rumble. It might be Kevin Owens. It might be Sami Zayn. And then, boom, SmackDown, you get AJ versus Sami Zayn. And I'm like, all right, so, you know, that could have been, that could have been a, not a WrestleMania match, but that, that could have been a Royal Rumble match. Now it's like, all right, now what do we do? Now we got to put AJ, Sami, and Kevin Owens in, 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 in what they call it a 2 on one handicap championship match, which to me, it's, it's a fucking triple threat match. No matter how you do it, it's a triple threat match. But now it's like, Tag team against one guy, then it's like now nah, you're gonna get KO going for a pin. Sammy gonna take them all. Talk about what are you doing? Vice versa. They're gonna have this little disconnect, and I think AJ would 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 still be victorious at the Rumble. But it's like, why give this? You know, if 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 it was AJ and Sammy Zayn at the Rumble, I would have been okay with that. I have no problem with that. Cause we've seen AJ and Kevin Owens so many times. It'll be something fresh and brand new. But you, you give it away on SmackDown, and then it gets overshadowed with the Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon angle. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Like you just said right at the end there, it wasn't the fact they gave away Zane for free on Tuesday. I kind of expect that because I figured we would get some sort of three-way with Owen, Zane, and Styles. The real bigger issue here is, as we've talked about a million times before, and I don't want to beat down a dead horse here, is the whole fact that with the authority figures overshadowing the WWE Championship, and really just kind of holding the show hostage. It's all about Shane McMahon. And it's all of the angle itself is really not all that interesting. The only real end game that would make this all worth it is if Daniel Bryan returns to the ring. But as I've said multiple times now, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So to me, this entire angle is a waste of time. If you do Shane McMahon as the surrogate for Daniel Bryan, like, who gives a shit? Why should I care? Why should anyone care? Why should anyone care about a Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania? Again, like the Shane and AJ Styles match was cool. It's kind of a waste of AJ, but whatever. At WrestleMania 33, unless Daniel Bryan is wrestling, it's a total waste. And it's coming at the expense of the WWE Championship, which is already struggling anyway, because it was in the possession of someone who was not over for six months and had terrible main event matches in Jinder Mahal. So they need to rehab that thing as much as possible to make it mean something before WrestleMania. But instead... It's like I said before with Stephanie, make her the Universal Champion because she's the focal point on Raw anyway. Just give the title to Shane McMahon because he is the focal point of SmackDown, not AJ Styles, not Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. It's Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, and I like both guys, but we see the show, and they're saying the same stuff every single week, and nothing is ever accomplished. I feel like they've been teasing tension for like three months now, and if the end game isn't even worth it, this is all just one giant waste of time. Nah, you're right. Um, you know, so now we have AJ, KO, Sami Zayn, handicap match for the for the world 
title. Uh, you mentioned Universal title. Um, real quickly, we did get Brock Lesnar big time return for like three minutes at the end at the end of Raw. But uh, again, that that right there um, is another element where I'm like, all right, you you say Brock is coming out on Raw, this and this, this and that. You you don't even tease him in the first hour. You don't tease him in the second hour. Walk in the back, doing this, do just being on camera, doing something. Then when he comes out. They, they they do the typical, you know, I think Kane came out, you know, and then the whole locker room came out, tried to separate them. I think we've seen that before with, with Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar uh, last year. And it's like, man, like, can we come up with anything else besides Brock coming out, Paul Heyman talking, Kane coming out, locker room trying to separate them, and bing, bang, boom. By the time you know it, you're off the air. And like, wow, people waited three and a half, three hours to see Brock Lesnar and that's all you get from the, the universal champion and you're trying to promote the Royal Rumble and your champion is there for like three minutes? Yeah, that was a lame way to close out the show. I mean, I wasn't excited for the match anyway. I mean, it could be better, <laughs> it could be better than expected with three guys in there. I mean, Lesnar does tend to have better matches when matches as opposed to one-on-one. And when he's in there with the right guy, like in AJ Styles, then he can have a great singles match. Kane and Braun, or Kane, or Kane and Braun, also, but Kane and Brock Kane, is something I just don't want to see. Closing out, I mean, how, how, how big of an oxymoron is it to close out your first Raw of the year 2018 with two guys that have been fighting since 2002? I mean, this feud should have happened 15 years ago. Why are we getting Kane and Brock brawling to close out the first Raw of the new year? To me, it's just silly. It just makes no sense. No one gave a shit. Like, it's a complete waste of Brock Lesnar. Like, that's another issue. But like you said, if you hype up this guy all night long, he comes out, does nothing, and they use and stuff, and they actually have Brock talk for a change. Paul Heyman's great. He's not going to sell me on this match. I'm sorry. I can't even remember a single thing he said from Monday's Rock because I just don't care about this match. And the brawl they had was weak. What? You got and the, and the roster came out, half the roster came out after one punch or something. It was far from the brawl that Brock had with Undertaker a few years ago. I'll tell you that much. That was amazing. This was the exact opposite of what we got three years ago, Taker and Brock. I don't know. I just thought it was a really lame segment. Um, Brock being universal champion can be hit or miss, but putting him in there with guys that we've either already seen him face in Braun and also have a bad match with, or guys that I just don't care to see in the main event scene in Kane, it's just silly. Like, it's a complete waste. This feels like you know. You know for a fact this is a filler feud before we get Brock and Reigns at WrestleMania. So, to me, should anyone care about these segments? Like, that's my biggest question coming out of that final main event segment on Raw this week. And then we had uh, Roman Reigns beat Samoa Joe Intercontinental Championship. Um I think the way it ended where, again, if, if Roman was to get DQ'd, he would lose the title. Then there was an instance where uh, he got pushed into the into the ref and the ref was going to, he was thinking about whatever. And then you get a spear from Reigns to Samoa Joe, one, two, three, boom. So me, I'm thinking like, all right, Samoa Joe has a way where he, he can get a rematch saying that Roman put his hands on the ref and the ref did not, um, DQ him. He should have. So I need a rematch. All in all, I would. I will. The the scenario that I would love for for to 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 happen would be they do another rematch, but at the Rumble, Samoa Joe wins the title, 
then allows Roman Reigns to lose the title and then be in the Rumble later on. I know this is all fantasy booking. Be in the Rumble later on and win or lose, we have no idea because the Chamber pay-per-view for Raw the following month always gets me like, all right, Reigns is not going to go in there and win the Rumble because I think SmackDown's going to win it. So back to Reigns and, and, and Samoa Joe. Were you surprised that Reigns defeated Samoa Joe? And what do you think is going to go on further where... I don't think Joe is done trying to get that title. And if so, when does he finally become Intercontinental Champion? I wasn't surprised Reigns won. That was the expected outcome. I was surprised he won clean. Um, I thought we would get that at the Rumble or Joe winning. Yeah. I mean, so I thought the feud would continue after it was over because Joe looked really good in defeat. It was a great match. By far the best match I saw on WWE TV all week. Um, and I expected afterward, like, okay, we'll get a rematch at the Rumble. But then... By the end of the night, it became clear to me that they had Joe lose clean because they're probably going to do Reigns and Miz moving forward. Now, I'm not sure what that means for Joe. It probably means he's going to be in the Rumble match. Um, I feel like Roman and Miz will be in the Rumble match anyway. But I think they did that to kind of blow off that filler feud, which they were only really doing to kill time before Miz was back because he's coming back next week. So the timing is, you know, it's no coincidence. They had that match in Raw this week as opposed to saving it for like the 25th anniversary show or the Rumble because they wanted to do Reigns and Miz. And this was his rematch from before the last time we saw him when he lost the title to Reigns. Um, so, yeah, I do think Joe is done in the title picture for right now. I wish it would still be Joe and, and Reigns, or you could do a three-way with Joe, Reigns, and Miz. I think that would be great. And you don't have to have Reigns get pinned. You could have Joe pin Miz. We could still get that. I just got the right. impression that it's going to be Reigns and Miz going forward, especially probably at the Rumble or the 25th anniversary show. Either way, like you said, I think it's pretty obvious that Reigns will not be champion for much longer, and he's going to drop it to Miz or Joe. I mean, Miz is an eight-time champion. I think Miz as champion is awesome, no pun intended. He's always made that belt feel meaningful. Mm -hmm. So that wouldn't be the worst thing. But I do think after the amazing work that Joe has done over the last year, specifically in the last two months, I think he is deserving more of a run right now as the Intercontinental Champion, taking that title off of Reigns. Going into WrestleMania, like I said, if you want to do a big WrestleMania match, Joe and Balor would be cool. But I think for that same belt would be pretty awesome as well. But I mean, it's purely fantasy booking. You know, at one point in Raw that that I found funny, um, it was the first match: Jason Jordan, Cesaro, and they were having they were having a pretty good match. And um, I heard some of the fans were chanting, "This is boring." <laughs> and I'm watching, like, you know what, I'm laughing because I'm like, like, what was it boring about the match? It's because they're not jumping over the rope, through the rope, doing all kind of high spots. Because now I'm thinking, like, man, just imagine if, if if Jordan and Cesaro is considered boring now. I'm not saying it was that exciting. I'm saying it wasn't that boring. But I'm like, could you imagine Sean and Brett having an Iron Man match nowadays and people just call it boring 25 minutes into the match? Could you imagine that? It's ridiculous. They, I mean, I, I was kind of pissed off about that, too. I mean, I know certain crowds, like, okay, if you're going to chant it during a Bray Wyatt match, you know what? Wasn't that exciting? Who gives a shit? It shouldn't have gone 10 minutes. Mm. I get it. But Jordan and Cesaro was a quality match. Yeah. It was a well-wrestled match. And I know Jordan is not the most liked person in the world, but the guy's a good wrestler, and it was a good match. It's like, it's not New Japan where they're going to do flippity doodahs every 10 seconds. It's like, that's not what it is. That's not what this company has never been about that. You want to watch that? Go go watch something else. You know what I mean? That just, I don't know if it's just one crowd. I have, that has not been a trend recently. That was just that one match. Uh -huh. 
Um, but I did find that a little weird as well. It's like, this was a good match. Boring. It's like, where were you during Bray Wyatt versus Apollo Crews? Or the many other matches that have been boring over the last 10 years in this company. It can't always be fast-paced. You know, I mean, Joe and Reigns was great, but you can't get that for every single match. And that was a good match, too. So, yeah, I didn't understand that either. Yeah, and a freaking Iron Man match nowadays would, would, would not survive, Grant. Ten minutes in, it's like, really? It, it, albeit, let's say you do an hour. You know, they could do a half hour that they did it with Sasha and Bailey, but I'm talking about a, like a full hour throwback Iron Man match. No possible way that would last in today's era. I don't think so. I mean, the last time they did one was with Cena and Orton in 09, but the crowds back then were not as no, restless yeah. or as, you know, as smarky or as aggressive as they are today. Mm. And, I mean, I'll, I'll be a part of those crowds sometimes, again, when we get a boring match, but this was not boring. Chanting boring during a match like this. It's like, why even bother going to Raw? It's like it was the first match of the show. Mm. Like if you're chanting that in the last match of a three-hour show, okay, I get it. But it's like, it's the first match of three hours. If you're chanting, this is boring now, just go the fuck home. You're ruining the show for people that are watching down on TV. This doesn't make any sense to me, but... You imagine if you took Sean and Brett from 96, put them in 2018 oh, for the 60-minute Man match, whew, can't even imagine how, how, how many chants you would get. You would get, this is boring, CM Punk. This is boring, CM Punk. From everyone yeah. in the audience for like a full 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. The world, good God. It's crazy. Um, last one before I let you go. Uh, apparently, there's a there's a Balor Club reunion, and you know Finn wanted to. I think Finn was in a a a, a, a you know six man tag, had to find some partners, and he found uh, Gallows and Anderson. The crowd went crazy. Twitter was going, "Oh, Balor Club, Balor Club." So now my thing is real quick. Um, I mean, Finn looked more uh, you know a little happy, uh, you know, with his buddies and. Um, just trying to foresee the future of him in the ballot club. Like, what do you see going forward? Um, I doubt this is a, a one-off thing, um, but what do you see going forward? Knowing, knowing that they can't they can get the shield, Ambrose is out. Um, the Mister Raj, maybe maybe when the Miz comes back, you never know. But what do you think is the long-term or, or even the short-term plans for the ballot club? I'm hoping it is more than a one-off thing. I mean, we don't know for sure until Monday is raw. I guess we'll see. Mm. Um, but, I mean, why not? I mean, we've said this before. It's like, why wait this long to do it anyway? It's not like Balor's been in the middle of this hot feud for the past six months with, like, the world champion. It's like the guy's been doing a whole lot of nothing. He had the awful feud with Bray Wyatt. He's been facing jobbers every single week. Might as well be on main event. Because the guy's been doing a whole lot of nothing. Gowles and Anderson, they've been even worse. They're not even on the TV. They're not even on Monday Night Raw. And when they are, they're dressing up as clowns or something, having trick or street fights with uh, Heath Slater and Rhino. So, I mean, this is a way better use of these guys than having them just do nothing. They have the history. People want to see them together. So, again, better late than never. I don't want to complain because at least we finally got it. It's better than not getting it at all. Uh, but moving forward, I'm just about to write an article about this for Bleach Report tomorrow. But, mm-hmm. again, like I said, if it's not Joe and Cena for the belt at WrestleMania for the IC title, Miz and Balor would be cool, too. I think it's only a matter of time before Miz gets the belt back. And if that's the case, um, and Balor's had his recent run-ins with the Miz Taraj anyway, maybe you do Balor and Miz, and you do a few six-man tag team matches between now and WrestleMania, and in the end, you get the belt on Balor. I think it'd be a great Balor. I mean, the guy should be in the main events, and he was the inaugural Universal Champion after all, but it'd be a fine way to build him back up. Um, 
if anything else, again, it's a fine use of all three guys. It's better than not having to do having them do nothing at all, or um, just having them rest in the snacks. And I mean, they might be just doing a whole lot of nothing until the rumble because they might be just doing this as a way to see, you know is better than one, and this kind of increases all three guys' chances. I hope it is more than that, and this will be a long-term thing. We get a full-on Balor Club reunion with these three guys, and, hey, maybe at some point on the road we can get something with uh, Balor and AJ Styles kind of fighting for the rights uh, of Gallows and Anderson, fighting for the right of the club name. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I thought it was the highlight from Monday's Raw, and it's about damn time they finally did something of note with Finn Balor. Anything else noteworthy from Raw or SmackDown that I'm missing, Graham? Not in the slightest. I thought both shows <laughs> this week were fine. You said it before the uh, before the show started. I mean, there was really nothing worth talking about too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be both a good thing and a bad thing. There wasn't anything too great, anything too bad. So one of those real one of those weeks where it was just kind of a just kind of there. And the real focus was on Wrestle Kingdom from uh, earlier today, last night, whatever. Uh, at the Tokyo Dome. So, yeah, I thought it was two solid shows. Looking forward to the Rumble in just a few short weeks. You know, Enzo Amore is out sick. Um, I guess it's worth noting, too. Mm. And the Cruiserweight Championship match that all five people were looking forward to didn't happen. So I'm not sure what his status is. I guess we'll find out next week in Raw. But, um, yeah, that was about it for WWE. So is, like, Goldust a Cruiserweight now? I mean, you know. At this point, who the hell could possibly care? It's like, why not? Who why cares, not just put right? him in the group? <laughs> the people in there anyway. So you know what? Just just put him in there. Why not? I, Graham, listen. I I think it's I think it's about time you kind of mix the cruiserweights with the other talent, the other heavyweights, and you know, because if you keep the cruiserweights just battling cruiserweights, and I'm not saying for the cruiserweight title, Goldust is not a cruiserweight. I'm just saying you can kind of do these tag matches and stuff like that with Goldust and R Truth and whoever it is is available, ain't doing nothing, Apollo Crews and whatnot. But, you know, it was, it was good to see him back. I, I think I made a joke on Twitter hey, Goldust is, you know, his theme song is very highly underrated. One of the greatest of all time, and he's been doing this for 23 years and not trying to get into anniversaries, but I'm like, Goldust won the IC title for the first time, Royal Rumble 95, Razor Ramon. All of that was going through my head when I saw Goldust come back. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy thing he's been a part of the company for that long. Hell I mean, again, yeah. it was kind of sad, the fact that he's more over than any of the three guys in the ring. <laughs> the, the way it's, but hey, you know what? It's Goldust. She's fucking awesome. You're right. It's amazing. Goldust is great. You're right. Uh, uh, first, a goat. First, first ballot uh, Hall of Famer, um, in, in my eyes, or whatever he decides to hang it up, Goldust will be definitely in it. Um, Graham Matthews, WrestleRant, uh, host of WrestleRant Radio. He's on Twitter, at WrestleRant, featured columnist for Bleacher Report. Um, again, Happy New Year to you and the family. I know we'll, we'll touch base uh, next week and get into some Royal Rumble moments, man. Sounds good, my man. Looking forward to it. Always appreciate being on the show, Randy, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Get you on the road, brother. All right. Mark Raimondi, MMAfighting.com. My man, how you doing? What's up, Randy? You sound very uh, very tired, man. You must have been up all night, six hours, seven hours, watching Wrestle Kingdom because you're a big fan of New Japan, so you probably saw the whole the whole show, right? Oh yeah, I watched it from from bell to bell. It was uh, it was fantastic. It was it was well worth it. Started at about 
It started at 11 p.m. with the pre-show Pacific time. Okay. I didn't go to bed until probably almost 6 a.m., but well worth uh, the, the exhaustion today. So what time did, when it was over, how, how many hours of sleep did you get before you had to wake up to go to work? Well, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I work from home. Oh, and wonderful. I, I keep a pretty flexible schedule, so I woke up at around like 10. Okay. I started working around 10. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough that, uh, that I don't, I don't have to actually, you know, call myself out of the house and commute to an office. I can just kind of do my thing here, which was very helpful, very, uh, it, it made it, uh, it made, it made it a little bit of an easier day for me because I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You sound like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was, I was talking to, um, Graham Matthews in, in, in the first part of the show about, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12. He he, he saw a, a few matches. I only saw one, which was Jericho and Omega. Uh, I just wasn't in the mood to watch a whole five, six-hour pay-per-view. I will at some point. He mentioned to me about the Cody Rhodes match, this um, fatal four-way match, and uh, the main event with Okada, which I, I, I will uh, see later on. But for those who did not see the whole show or only saw one match like me, what was your your outtake of Wrestle Kingdom twelve and did the Jericho Omega match live up to the hype? Well, well, first let me let me turn it around, my friend, and, and ask you. This was this was kind of one of your one of your first New Japan experiences. What did you think of of Jericho versus Omega? Well, for the record, um, I want to let people know I'm not an expert in New Japan wrestling. I don't know majority of the people i saw omega and okada from last year that's uh, and i think aj and nakamura from uh, before that and that's it so with me being a fan of jericho him being with wwe i said you know what let me go check it out uh graham sent me a link to watch it in clear high definition which is which is wonderful um and in english commentary i thought the match um was pretty good, a little different. You know, it wasn't your typical, like, a, a slowdown, Matt Classic, like Bret Hart and Kurt Angle. It was up and down. It was fast-paced, uh, chairs and tables. And, you know, Jericho looked a, li- a lot more free out there to, to, to do what he wants to do. And um, I thought for the whole 30, 35 minutes, the, the crowd was engaged if, um, you know, what was going to happen next. And, Jericho being the the entertainer that he is, uh, really had the crowd going, and um, all in all, I, there was no way I thought Omega uh, Omega was gonna lose. So, um, to your question, I thought it was a great match. It definitely lived up to the hype. But the question is, now where do we go from here? Does Jericho get one more match in New Japan? Um, Grant was telling me he's not under contract with Vince, so. He's kind of like floating out there in the free agent world. Omega is still currently under contract with New Japan. So, you know, I thought it was Jericho goes there for a one-off and Omega goes to McMahon for for a one-off and that's really it. But uh, great match overall, great atmosphere. Um, For those who haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. But it's like, what do we do now with Jericho and Omega? I think, uh, and, that, and that's a good question. And uh, I thought the match was uh, was really really good. Uh, I I think we'll we'll find out, and and the podcast, the show will probably up before this happens. But 
tonight is is uh, well, uh, tomorrow morning for for those of us in the U.S. is uh, New Year's Dash, the Japan New Year's Dash, and that's kind of like the Raw after WrestleMania, where they start setting up the storylines now for the next you know month or two. Right. That is probably when we'll find it out if Jericho does come back and do something else. He is apparently on the show tonight. I don't know in what capacity, whether it's a match, whether it is some kind of an angle, something to, to, to start a new story or further start with Omega. I have no idea. Um, but I'm curious to see. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do from there. There's many things they can do with Omega from here. I think that Kota Ibushi would make sense for, for the for the next program for Omega. Ibushi beat Cody um, last night at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, Omega and Ibushi have a long history. Uh, former tag team partners, uh, Omega kind of went to Japan because of Ibushi. He was inspired by Ibushi's wrestling in Japan when he was like uh, you know, a younger guy uh, wrestling in the States and, and in Canada. Uh, so they have a long history. They have not wrestled in single match since they broke up with the tag team years ago. Uh, and of course, if Bushi, if you're if you're a WWE fan, was in the Cruiserweight Class a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Just a phenom. I mean, just a ridiculously good wrestler, great worker. That could be the next big thing uh, for for Omega next. But they could go in a different direction. Who knows? Would not be surprised if they if they did something with uh, with Jericho, like maybe Tetsuya Naito, uh, because Naito was kind of talking tra- uh, trash about. Jericho and Omega leading up into the Wrestle Kingdom. That could be something to do with Jericho if he, if he continues along the lines. But that is a, that is kind of one of the big intriguing things. And it's the same way when you have WrestleMania, right? You know, you have all the all the storylines kind of culminate with that one big show, and the next day on Raw, right? Find out you know what is next for these guys. Um, as, as far as the show as a whole, man, just to just uh, um, real quick go through it, not not go through it, but just to kind of give a little. A little, uh, a little highlight here and there. Mm. It was a really good show. Um, it wasn't the best New Japan show um, ever, but I thought it was, it was very, very good. I'd probably give it like a, like a, like an A minus or a B plus. I mean, the the main event was was outstanding. It wasn't the winner that I had expected. I thought Naito was going to go over Okada finally because Okada's had the title now for like a year. It's the longest reign ever in New Japan history. I thought it was Naito's time. He kind of gotten over in Japan as. Kind of like the anti, almost like a like a Stone Cold type character, where he's like he, he's the anti-authority, like the, the kind of like the badass guy who he, was, he had the Intercontinental title last year, and he would he would just disrespect the belt, he would throw it around, he would kick it on the way to the ring, like the whole way. Right. Uh, that's that's his gimmick. He's basically kind of like the. I mean, his, his stable is Los Ingobernables, so the un, the ungovernables. So he's kind of like that badass, like anti anti-authority guy. I thought it was his time to go over. He's really big right now. He's really over in Japan. But they kept the title on Okada. I guess I understand. You know, Okada is the best wrestler in the world. So he's going to continue on with that now. I'm not sure what they do with Naito next. Um, that match was great. Um, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi just, uh, defended his Intercontinental title against uh, Jay White from New Zealand, who just came back from Ring of Honor on an excursion. That was not, that didn't look up the expectations quite that much. I think maybe Jay White was not quite ready for that. Uh, as a younger guy on that stage against Tanahashi, who's one of the greats of all time in Japan, and Tanahashi's a little bit banged up as far as injuries go, so that didn't quite live up to the hype. Uh, the four-way match that you mentioned, uh, Randy, was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one that most that, that people should tune into. Uh, just just an incredible uh, incredible four-way match with four really 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 talented uh, juniors, junior heavyweights, and then one 
one last, uh, of course, the Abushi Kabaddi match was, was very good, too. Um, but one, one sleeper match, one dark horse that maybe fans in the U.S. would not, would not check out normally was uh, Iruki Goto against Minoru Suzuki. Just a fantastic match. I mean, it's such a hard, hitting, stiff, uh, kind of an old-school wrestling match. Like, I mean, they, just, they were just really hitting. They were really hitting each other, man. Like, they were really, uh, it, was, it was very stiff work. Uh, by both guys, it was a really good match. So yeah, I mean, an overall really good event. Pretty much what you'd expect from uh, from New Japan right now, because it's on this amazing run with just uh, you know really the, the best in ring product in the world right now. And, and last night was another good example of that. Um, I mean, it, it definitely sounds from what you're telling me uh, something that I will have to check out in full, not just one match, but uh, whenever I do get the time, I will check it out. Uh, because, you know, everybody was talking about, you know, all yesterday, Wrestle Kingdom 12, what time am I going to wake up? What time is this? What time is that? And I'm like, like, man, we have a winter storm coming tomorrow, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not staying up for, for you know, for all this. I'll check it out on my own time. And, and, and that winter storm came through, Mark, like crazy, and it's, it's snowy and for two, three feet, whatever it is outside. So uh, I, I, I was able to get a chance to, Watched the Jericho match and you know certain things in the match that caught me by surprise. You know, I you know he finally he finally did the 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 Walter Jericho the the Lion Tamer the way that he was doing it back in 1999 2000. You know WCW days where the legs are up but his knee is is on, is on your head. I'm like, how come he doesn't do that in a in a WWE? And I'm like. Why don't why why doesn't he do that? And I, I I think I think he did it twice, and then the whole thing where with the chair in the corner and they kept hitting Omega's head in the chair, and I'm like, hmm, that that's kind of interesting because you don't see you know head or, or chair shots mm-hmm. nowadays. So um, I guess maybe it was just part of the match where you wanted to be different and catch people off guard, which they definitely did. But you know, hey hey Jericho at 47 still look. Agile, still look good. Lion salt, all this stuff going on. But um, I felt the match was great overall. And again, seeing Jericho at forty-seven still perform like that against a young guy like Omega. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how old he is, but I know he, he well, younger 30, than, 34, 34, 35. Yeah, so younger than Jericho, but um, right. and then Omega is still United States champion, correct? That's right. That's right. right. I thought. Um, I thought from from the Omega perspective, it was a very different match than he has really wrestled. Because uh, I mean, you saw the Okada uh, match last year. Yeah, it's a very different match. You know, this was this was uh, this was a brawl. You know, this was really uh, he was he, he worked a different style, which I which I think um, some people didn't know if he could do because he did come up as a junior. You know, he was he was a high flyer. He was that type of guy. But his his game has uh, has really rounded out and. and to me, that was one of his best performances. Now, I think obviously the Okada matches were better last year. They were they were ridiculous. But I, I, from a, from a singular level of, ju- of just looking at him and how he's progressed as as a wrestler, as a worker, you could make the argument that it was his best overall performance. And also, he was working with someone who's forty seven years old who can't do some of the athletic things that he used to be able to do. Of course, right. we have to kind of work around that. You have to work around Jericho. Just being an older guy, so I, I mean, I thought I thought Omega uh, wrestled a great match, and Jericho stayed within himself. He didn't try to do too much, which sometimes you know older guys try to do a little bit too much, and, and it gets out of hand, and they can't 
right. be in those places and, and, and do those things they used to do, and then Matt suffers for it. Jericho didn't do that. He, he stayed within himself. And, and you know what? For, for guys who have never who've never wrestled each other before, who really, I mean, just met just met recently, I thought, they had a, I thought that was an incredible, incredible match. I mean, that was the way they laid it out. But it was very clever. Some of the spots they did, it was brutal in some cases. Uh, I thought that's a classic. I mean, to me, that was a classic match for, for a number of reasons. It wasn't the greatest match of all time, but mm. it's one that we'll always remember probably because Jericho, I mean, Jericho in the Tokyo Dome and Wrestle Kingdom Wrestling, you know, Kenny Omega uh, coming over from WWE, that's, that's just a big moment. And, and I, think, I think people 20 years from now will be talking about, uh, about him doing that. And even on the the the, the broadcast, um, they 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 mentioned this one stat, and I told Graham earlier about um, Jericho, Ric Flair, Brock Lesnar being the only three guys to uh, main event mm-hmm. in the Tokyo Dome and WrestleMania. So that, I mean, pretty good for him too. That's pretty great, and I, I think eventually AJ Styles will join that club too, and and maybe even Shinsuke Nakamura, but. But I think AJ, within the next couple of years, will, will headline WrestleMania and join that club. And that's that's rarefied air, man. I mean, those are those are three of the greatest uh, of all time, especially Flair. Um, I mean, that guy that guy did it all in wrestling, and he and he did it. Uh, I think that's a that's a pretty that's a nice little uh, notch in the belt for, for Jericho. I think he I think he's I think this this erased his legacy. I mean, do, do you agree? Do you think this this uh, uh, you know further Jericho's legacy a little bit because it is it is outside the box. It's a different thing. No one else is really doing this kind of thing. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think he needed it to to further cement the legacy. The, the guy's been all over the world, WCW, WWE, rock and roll stuff, multiple time champion. Um, he's he's done just about everything you can ask in the world of professional wrestling. Um, a guy that's been that I can remember. I know he's been doing it for. A, a long time, but almost twenty years. Even even ECW, so you know I don't think he, he he needed a match in New Japan to cement like Hall of Fame status, but um, it does add a a, a a a a separate notch under his belt to be like New Japan, WWE, WCW, ECW World Champion doing this main events in WrestleMania. So um, the guy has has done it all, and I, I don't think I don't think he's done yet. Um, would love to see him come back <clears throat> for uh another program that is worth getting his interest. Uh, again, right now, from what Graham told me, he's not under contract with Vince. Uh, maybe he'll do a WrestleMania match. We have no idea. So when it comes to Omega, I was just thinking, as a fan, because I'm not a professional, but you know, I thought it was gonna be a one-off where Jericho goes there, and Omega somehow. I thought Jericho was still under contract and just felt like, let me do this match. And then, like a, like a, like a quid pro quo, like now Omega would do a Rumble appearance or do a WrestleMania, like a rematch. And that's really it. But I don't think we're going to get that anytime soon. No, I'm is still under contract with New Japan. Mm. And he doesn't have the to leave there, at least in the next year or so. But I I could see Omega in WWE. What are we we're in 2018 now? I mean, I if you were if you would tell me that, that uh, Kenny Omega was in the middle of 2020 or in 2021, would not be surprised by that. I think that's a, that's a very decent possibility. I think he feels like he still has a lot of uh, 
some stories he'll tell still in Japan. He's never been he's never been the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He's never won the main belt in New Japan. So that that is something that he probably wants to do before he leaves. And uh, I think one of the reasons that that Okada went over Naito last night is because I think that what will probably happen this year is Omega will win the belt from Okada to kind of uh, you know finish off that story between those two guys that started out last year. It probably makes more sense for Omega to beat Okada for the title than have Naito do it. So that could be what they're thinking. Um, that would be a huge moment if Omega were to beat Okada. Maybe they'll even do it in California because they're coming to California um, in March. That would be insane if Omega beat Okada for the, for the title uh, mm. here in California. Before I transition, you asked me, you know, Jericho going to New Japan, does that further cement the legacy for him? I'm going to ask you, does Kenny Omega need the WWE to cement his legacy where if he retires tomorrow, are you satisfied with that? Are you going to be like, man, if he would have went with Vince for one time, two times, maybe it could have propelled him to be a, a bigger superstar. Does he need to go with Vince? It's it's hard to say. I think that uh, I think that there there are two separate there are two separate legacies. And, I mean, as as far as New Japan goes, I don't think he's even I don't think he's done enough even to Japan at this point to really go down as one of the greats of all time. Uh, now he'll he'll go down as one of the great uh, as one of the best uh, gaijins of all time. You know, uh, in, that's that's the name for a foreigner in Japan. You know, not a Japanese wrestler. Um, he'll go down as one of the best uh, gaijins of all time for sure. But let, I mean, it's worth remembering that he, he he's still this is really only he only really came onto the scene in a big way in like 2015. He was wrestling as a junior before that. He was wrestling, you know, for the junior heavyweight title, not for the main belt for for uh, you know most of his career up until about 2015 when he when he came up. Basically, when when AJ when AJ left New Japan. That's when that's when Kenny Omega kind of became, uh, you know, the top the top foreign wrestler in the company. So that was kind of the path for him. Once AJ left, he became the leader of the Bullet Club. Um, that was the, that was really the, you know what what elevated him to that point. And then last year he just you know tore the house down with Okada. He had a bunch of other great matches, a lot of other guys in, in New Japan. So it's only been really maybe a, you know a year and a half, two years at most, where he's been. In, in the main event scene in New Japan. So I don't even think if, if his career ended right now, I don't think he's done enough at this point even to be considered among the best in New Japan history, let alone, you know, global. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why he wants to stay there for a few more years, you know, get a run with the IWGP title. Mm. Um, and then and then for the end of his career, kind of like AJ, who's I think going to be 40 this year, um, wow. you know, go to WWE and have, a, have a, you know, a, a few years with them, you know, do WrestleMania, of course. I think I think that's certainly in the future. I think I think um, you know it's it's really it really depends on on how you look at it as far as legacies go. Um, because like Jericho, like you said, he didn't need to do this. This is not something he needed to do. He his his legacy is cemented. But to me, it's like he he even though it's already cemented, he's definitely he's one of the best of all time. No matter what, he could have been you know sleeping in last night you know and then just you know eating, eating like a ramen suit ramen in uh, Tokyo rather than wrestling wrestling kingdom. Uh, but, but the fact that he did that and the fact that the match was so damn good, mm-hmm. I think just raises his legacy for me. I mean now now I think of him as you know even higher up the charts of the greatest of all time. 
And uh, and I don't know if Omega will ever get there. I don't I don't know if he'll ever get to that point. But if you're going to look at him as one of the best of all time, he probably does need a run in 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 North America. You know, if you do if you do Japan for for a bit. But again, it depends on how you look at it because you know there are guys that that were in New Japan for their entire careers or were wrestling in Japan their entire careers, and they're thought of as some of the best ever too. You know, like Mitsuhara Misawa and you know. Uh, uh, Koji Kanemoto and and guys like that. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other names that that you know only really wrestled in Japan, and they're they're still thought of as, as some of the best ever. But they never they never had a run in WWE. But uh, but I think for, for someone like Omega, who's from Canada, you know, who speaks English, who can cut a promo, I think um I think that that's I mean that's a no brainer that toward the end of his career he'll probably he'll probably go there and uh and and they get, and probably have a good run at it if they, if, they, if they let him. And I, I assume they will because he has everything. I mean, the guy is incredible. Offhand, do you do do you know if you have to pick three, four, five? I know again, I know it's offhand, but three, four, five of your favorite Chris Jericho matches. Since we're on the subject of Chris Jericho and his legacy and all. Oof. Yeah, well, tough actually, one. We were we were gonna talk about the Royal Rumble and uh, his match with uh, with uh, Benoit at the Rumble. Mm. Oh, what was it? Was it two thousand one, two thousand two? I forget exactly the, uh, the year that it was. I'm going to check that one. Um, 2001. Yes, 2001 um, at the Rumble. That was uh, yes, ladder that match, was an incredible yeah. match. That was, uh, that, yeah, exactly, exactly, the ladder match. That was one of my favorite matches, like, of all time. Like, I that, I really, really love that match. I love both guys um, growing up. Um, that, that was a really big one for me. I mean, of course, you know, him against The Rock in 2001 was a, was a really great match. Him against Shawn Michaels later on. Um, I think that was in 08 or 09. Okay. Uh, I mean, man, Chris Sargos had a lot of good matches. That Definitely. Mean, you know, even, even some of his, like, ta- you know, his tag runs, he had a lot of good, he had a great tag run with Christian. Um, you know, he had, the, he had a, a couple good um, tag runs with the Chris Benoit. Uh, I mean, the, the, guy is, the guy's a legend. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. I think for me, again, offhand, I, I, I'm not looking. Um, wow, I, I, the the match he had with Shawn Michaels and WrestleMania 19 in Seattle. Um, what else he had? The other, the other. Yeah, that, yeah, that ladder match with uh, with Shawn too. That was uh, that was incredible too. Yeah, that was. Um, I think when Shawn's wife was involved in the whole thing, right? I believe I believe that so, whole storyline. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that was like a no mercy 08 uh for the world yeah, heavyweight yeah. title. So I put that in there. Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So many CM Punk, Edge, Triple H, I, the, the you know the Rock was and Stone Cold, the uh, you know the whole undisputed champion um ordeal. <clears throat> oh man. I haven't seen the Benoit match in a while, so I can't really put that. Maybe when I do see it, I'd be like, yeah, that can go up there. But the ones that really stood out to me were the, were the Shawn Michaels ones. And, um, I mean, your, man, your man's a nine-time Intercontinental Champion, and people could say, is he the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time? But when, you know, that's people going to throw at you, like, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels and the Warrior and Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart and so many other IC champions. Where do you put Jericho as far as your personal favorite or the general consensus as the greatest intercontinental champions of all time? Who I mean, I would I would put him up there. I mean, he's definitely up there. I uh, 
I mean, and I, I've always, I've always liked the Intercontinental Title because I always feel like that's kind of been like the the workers' belt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that. That's where like the best wrestler is. Maybe not. Maybe that's the biggest draw in the company. Not the main event guy, but one of the best wrestlers is always. I feel like holding the Intercontinental Title, and he was he was always up there. I mean, I, I would put him certainly certainly in the in this generation. He is one. He is one of the best uh, IC title holders. Probably the best. I mean, if you go back. I mean, Shawn Michaels had a great run with it. Um, Razor Ramon, uh, Honky Tonk Man was a uh, was a good uh, oh, IC uh, title guy. Uh, um, Kurt Hennig, I mean, Kurt Hennig was was incredible. Right. Uh, but yeah, I would put Jericho in the top, you know, in the top three probably. You know, Chris Jericho, as far as we say, legend, and he's he's won everything and all time Hall of Famer. He's never won the Royal Rumble. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that would change later later this month. Yeah, probably because you know they 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 try to push you know young stars. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for what we've seen the last couple of years, Cena, Batista, Reigns, Hunter, Randy Orton, he, he you know he he fits that demographic. He does. He fits that mold very well. He was, he was looking a little a little bit of a gut, huh? There, yeah. A little bit of a gut on him. Yeah, I mean, the last time he fought was what uh, May, July, when he had the little yeah, one off three way match. Yeah, Smackdown, KO, yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, surprising that he's never won a Royal Rumble. So I was, you know, I kept looking. I had to I had to double check. But mm-hmm. he's never won one. Sheamus has one, and Del Rio has has one, but not not Chris Jericho. This man has one. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> um. Speaking of Royal Rumble, um, just kind of like fast forward here. Uh, a couple of guys have put their name in, uh, in the hat for the Rumble: John Cena, Elias Samson, Orton, Nakamura, mm-hmm. and Balor. So the you know, I like to stir things up, and I say, you know what, you know, John Cena being in the Royal Rumble, you know, I would love to see John Cena win it, and you know me. Um, I, got a lot of, I know, I know that's something you don't want. You, you don't, you, you don't want Cena. You don't want Roman Reigns to win it. You want them nowhere near the final four. I get it, but I'm trying to figure out if John does not win the Rumble, what's the best option for him going forward for a a, a WrestleMania match? Last year he was in a a mixed tag match with Nikki Bella against Maurice and, and the Miz. So obviously. We're gonna to try to get John Cena in, in in a better match than that. So, I put out on Twitter less than twenty minutes ago that am I the only one that wants to see John Cena against the the under the Undertaker at WrestleMania? So, um, that'll, yes. that'll I'll, I'll 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 answer that. Yes, you are the only I'm one. I'm the only one. Uh, so it's the so, only one. So that means Cena would not would not win the Rumble, but he would get a a, a main event type match against Taker. Um, so fans have telling me well, no. I mean, a I don't want to see Taker wrestle again. Uh, that's 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 number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he were to wrestle again, and which I which again I don't want, I would like it to be against someone someone who could uh you know carry a match with him. And I'm not. I mean, I like Cena. I think he's a good wrestler. I think he's a very good wrestler. But I don't know if he can carry a a 153 year old Undertaker in a, in a WrestleMania match this year. Well, let me give you a couple of stats that that, that Graham told me. He, he he told me one stat that, first of all, John Cena won his first Royal Rumble 10 years ago this month back 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 at the at the Garden. 
That's number one. Number two, he told me every five years, John Cena wins the Rumble. So I'd say, what do you mean? John Cena won the Rumble in 08. He won it in 13 and now makes five years later. So if John Cena wins the Rumble, don't get upset. Plus, John Cena made his debut in the Rumble in 03. So 03, 08, 13, 2018. And plus, if he tied Ric Flair's uh, world title record with uh, 16, I think it's a pretty good chance he might tie Stone Cold's record for winning three Royal Rumbles. So I'm not that out out the gate far-fetched that John Cena in 2018 can win the Royal Rumble. That's, that's not what you want. That's not what most people want. But I'm just saying don't be surprised if Mr. John Cena walks out as the winner of the Royal Rumble because we don't know if he's Raw or SmackDown still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, so. Basically, we're telling with that with those stats, Randy, is that John Cena is going to win the Rumble this year, and he's going to win again in 2023. Is that is that pretty much what you're what you're saying? That's John Cena would be what 40. John Cena would be like a 40, 44, 45. Can still do it. <laughs> hey, Shawn Michaels I, gave you. The greatest WrestleMania match of all time, and Shawn Michaels was 45 years old doing that. Let me tell you something, Randy. Go ahead. John Cena. John Cena is no Shawn Michaels. Definitely not. And there, and there are people out there that want to say AJ Styles is better than Shawn Michaels, but that's a whole different conversation for a different day. Oof. Yeah, that's something we can tackle on a, on a future episode. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I you know I I, I don't think Cena's gonna win. I'm just stirring the pot. But I'm I'm like in this day and age, we had Orton, Batista, Triple H win the last three times. John Cena winning is not that far fetched. He can he he can win his 17th world title against AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I I doubt he would fight Brock Lesnar. I I, I would rather see Cena and AJ than Cena and Brock. Um. But again, more likely if he doesn't win, how do you set him up for a WrestleMania match? What WrestleMania matches are out there for John Cena to 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 be in that can be like some kind of main event worthy match? Again, mixed tag team match uh, match last year. Um, Batista might return. Do do, do do you want to see Batista John Cena? No. Do you want to see John Cena <sighs> Randy Orton? No. Do you want to see? I have an, I have an idea. Right. I have an idea. Go ahead. First, let me say I think that you that you bring out the idea of John Cena and Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble just because you know that it gives me anxiety. <laughs> I think that's, that's 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 number one. Number two, here here's my idea. All right. So John Cena does not win the Royal Rumble. Maybe he's maybe he's one of the finalists in the top four, whatever. He does not win the Royal Rumble. Okay. He goes away for another for another you know month or so. Comes back afterwards, Elimination Chamber, the Raw pay per view in February. Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he comes back after the, after uh, Elimination Chamber, back to Raw. Hold on one second. I have to prepare my voice for this because I've been up uh, since 5 a.m. Hold on. <laughs> Taking a sip of water. So he comes back the day after Elimination Chamber and says, and he cuts a promo. And he said, I didn't win the Royal Rumble. I'm not getting a title shot this year at WrestleMania. But I want to challenge myself against one of the best 
uh, wrestlers, one of, one of the one of the most dominant presences on Raw, and he lays out a challenge for the one and only Braun Strowman for WrestleMania: Cena versus Strowman at at Superdome in New Orleans. What do you think? You know what? I asked Graham, has John Cena ever fought Braun Strowman one-on-one? And I think he said no. So that that, that might be one guy that, if you, if you tell me Braun, John Cena, WrestleMania, I can I can see that. Now, I would assume John Cena would lose the match. Yeah. Um, to, me, to me, it makes perfect sense because... Uh, you need, you need. I mean, if John Cena is going to be at Mania, which obviously he's going to be. He's going to need some kind of a high-profile match. Mm. It's not going to be a tight. It's not going to be a title match. We're not going to have. You know, we're not going to have uh, him. You know, put uh, or go over some kind of young prospect. Hopefully, God willing, not on wood. So why not have Braun Strowman be the opponent? Yeah, Braun Strowman pin Cena at Mania, and you and you go into. You know, the next, basically the next season, essentially, you know, a post WrestleMania season with Braun Strowman as strong as ever, you know, because uh, he's going he's gonna to most likely lose the, at the Rumble, right? He's going to lose to Brock um, or Kane. It's going to probably be Brock. Oh, God. I'm going to get started on that. But uh, so then you have, I don't know what you do with the Elimination Chamber. Maybe you have Braun in that, too, and he loses that. So you need to build Braun back up. You have Cena. It'll be, it'll be fun to see them interact on Raw. They've never wrestled before one on one. I think it's a great WrestleMania match. I mean, for for many reasons. And you have Braun go over, and then he's a and he continues being a you know a, a dominant monster after Mania. Um, I wouldn't mind that. Um, you know, him seeing seeing him against Braun will be something very interesting. Um, the last couple of Manias, he's he, he's had Rusev, he's had Bray Wyatt. Um, so he's been going in the ring with a lot of these young guys. And and for the record, for pe- for people who say oh, I don't want to see John Cena in a main a main event like he's been getting a championship match every year. John Cena has not had a championship match at WrestleMania or been in the main event at WrestleMania since 2013. So, listen. You know, you you you've had a while. You've had your Randy Orton's, your Batistas, your Brock Lesnar's, your Triple H's, your Roman Reigns. I mean, if Cena is in the, is in the main event of WrestleMania, it's not the end end of the world. But people make it seem it like it isn't the end end of the world. But he's he's on the tail end of his career now. I still I still think he's a very good worker. I still think he has very good matches against the right against the right guys. But he, at the end of his career, is the tail end. He's he's not a full time guy anymore. He goes away for extended periods. Mm-hmm. If if you're, I mean, if you're if you're a good booker, uh, you know you have to put the, the guys who are there every week in those big spots at Mania, and you have John Cena, guys like that. At least in my opinion, you have them there as attractions and to put over some of the younger guys. And I think Braun will be the perfect guy because I mean it, people would buy that. It isn't like that people would not buy Braun going over Cena. Braun is a monster, and, you, and you're gonna have to build him up because he's not gonna win the, the title against Lesnar. And it's going to be the second time he loses against Lesnar, probably, because he lost that one-on-one match uh, at Survivor Series, right? So, uh, was that Survivor Series? No, uh, not Survivor Series. When did he, he lost uh, Braun. What uh, what event was that that Brock pinned uh, Braun clean? Oh, man, that was the September pay-per-view um, at the SummerSlam. Yeah, I can't... I can't think of the name of it right now, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so you you have him you have him losing now uh, 
probably in a, in a match with Brock three times. You got to build him back up. He's he's a huge star. I mean, he he's a big part of the future of WWE, in my opinion. Um, I, I think Cena would be would be the great a great foil for him at Mania. I'm actually trying to. I feel, I feel. I feel like you're not sold on this yet, Randy. I feel like I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying no, to sell it. Um, but you're. You're not. You're not. You're not buying what I'm selling. <laughs> I'm. Listen. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to find other scenarios than what people seem. You're that, trying to get your boy seen in the main event of Mania. It's not going to happen. To answer your question, it was no mercy. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. No, no mercy. mercy. That's right. That's right. Um, but I'm trying. To, I'm playing. I'm playing advocate where I'm trying to find different avenues for a WrestleMania main event for both the Raw and SmackDown side, where it's not a foregone conclusion that it's, that it's Reigns and Brock Lesnar and and Nakamura and AJ Styles. There's got to be other options in there. And if if we get, which I doubt, if we get AJ and John Cena. In the main event for the for, for the uh, for the title, and Cena could win his, his 17th world title. I I can't be mad at that totally, but it's like you know I, maybe you want to see AJ go over, and and, and 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 not lose the belt. My thing is if you get Nakamura and AJ Styles in the, in the ring for the title at WrestleMania, most would say Nakamura is going to win, and I I just don't know how he would be as world champion. I don't know. I don't know if Nakamura would win honestly at WrestleMania. I, I I would think that AJ would go over. I mean, at least if I if I was looking, I would I would uh, have Nakamura win the Rumble. So he gets that moment. He gets that Rumble moment. The Rumble win goes to WrestleMania, and I think AJ AJ really hasn't had that signature uh, WrestleMania moment yet, right? I mean, he really is still waiting for that. And I think beating Nakamura. At WrestleMania would be, would be a big deal because it ties in it ties in his past with with the future, which is him as one of the big stars, if not the big star in, in WWE, certainly the best wrestler in WWE. I think it makes a lot of sense. I would to me, I would not put Nakamura over. And I love Nakamura. Um, I think he's a really good wrestler. I don't think he's had the best run right now. Uh, I'm not nearly as concerned about uh, you like the guy who cut who cut, can cut the 20 minute promo on you know, Open Raw and or SmackDown every week. That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't concern me as much as as other stuff as the actual in ring stuff. Um, I think Nakamura could do it, but I don't think at this point you put him over AJ at WrestleMania. Also, because he doesn't have as much time. AJ now is, has paid his dues for a couple of years at WWE. Right. Nakamura has only been it hasn't even been a calendar year. So Nakamura can still have his moment. And also, let's not forget, AJ is not a young guy either. AJ's forty this year, so yeah. his his time his time really being in his prime to have that WrestleMania moment in a great match is is you know dwindling. I, I mean, he's still obviously fantastic, but you know he's he's at the end of his prime. He, he's gonna he's gonna start you know losing a step in, in here in the next couple of years. And I think now is is as good a time as any to give him that you know that spot. You want to do Cena? I mean, if you if you're really stuck on John Cena, Randy, <laughs> then you have him. You have him go up against AJ at the Rumble. We've seen that at a, at a Mania. We've seen that match now a couple of times, and it's always been a great match. I will I won't complain there. And you have AJ go over Cena. That could also be very meaningful. So I would not. That would not be the worst thing in the world. So let me ask you: Did you enjoy John Cena AJ at the Rumble last year? Yes or no? Oh, oh. I mean, it was one of the best matches I Thank think in uh, WWE all year. I think we talked about this last week. It was. I mean, I, I had it. I had it. One of the best, certainly in the top five matches in WWE, WWE all year. And did you enjoy Roman Reigns, AJ Styles back to back pay per views last year? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. 
good. I, I, I like the scene in Mike better, actually. I, I think, um, if I'm being honest, I think Roman is actually a better worker now than he was then. I think he's, I think he's, uh, I actually like his match with Cena. People were, were kind of crapping on his match with Cena. I thought it was a good match. Um, uh, I mean, I, I have not, I have not, nothing against Roman as far as the in-ring product, but he's, he's clearly not the guy that the fans want to get behind right now. <laughs> kind of forcing him Definitely. down people's throats. And uh, that's just not a good, uh, that's just not a good uh, method for, for business. And there, there are many, many talented wrestlers who could, who could get it over Roman. I think, and he's still a pretty young guy. I mean, he's not even in his, like, uh, his prime yet. I mean, if you look at, like, Austin and Rock, I mean, those guys are in their prime, like, what, like, mid-30s or so. He's not even there yet. So, I mean, he has time. There's no reason to force it right now. He'll have his, he'll have a shot. And he's already headlined, what, three manias in a row? Uh, so. Yeah. I'm just I'm just about the, the fresh, the new, you know, the good in ring stuff. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. I want to see the I want to see the, the next the next young guy, the next good. I mean, not even young, but like the next guy, someone who hasn't gotten that, who hasn't been in that spot before. And I want to see sense. if it makes sense within within the story. Yeah, he's main evented three WrestleManias in a row, and and I want to see number four this year against Brock Lesnar for it the Universal Title. Yeah. <laughs> Probably will, be. It probably will. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I I'm you know what I've I've already made peace with that, right? Yeah, that's gonna be the main event. We'll see, man. You, you hopefully they they throw you a curveball and you know surprise all of us. Uh, to go back to your point, yeah, AJ. I think he was the second match at WrestleMania 32 against Jericho. And I think he was the first match last year against uh, Shane McMahon. So yeah, he, yep. ha- he he hasn't had his WrestleMania moment. I think he'll get it this year. He, uh, to me, he 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 should have been champion into WrestleMania last year, but it's whatever. But I think yep. he'll be I think he'll be champion going into WrestleMania 34. Um, he you know at the Rumble he got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at a two on one handicap match for the title. To me. It's a it's a triple threat match to me, but we'll see how that goes. Should be interesting. Um, also, at the Rumble, we have Brock Kane and and Braun Strowman. Uh, I, I think Brock is gonna win that match. Uh, I know Brock is gonna win that match. I, I don't. If they get the belt to Kane or Braun, I'd be very surprised. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: if they if Kane is a champion. If Kane is the universal champion in 2018, I will cancel my WWE Network oh, subscription. Man. You oh, can mark man. that down. Hey, mark it, it down. Kane, Kane won the world title 20 years ago. Just let you know, they might give him one more little run for like a day. He could win it at the Rumble and then the, the, the following day on Raw, get a rematch, and Brock wins it again. They could do that. Yeah, Brock Brock does not wrestle on Raw. Let's be real. <laughs> That's whack. He he was on he he was on on Raw for five minutes, talking about Brock the Beast returns, the Beast returns, and he's out there for five minutes with Kane and and the Raw locker room. And by the time you know it, they were they were off the air. I'm like, really? That's what you you know promoted all night. You couldn't show Brock in the locker room in hour one. You couldn't show him walking around in, in hour two. It's the same old thing with him and Paul Heyman, and Kane comes out, and it's like at some point, I love Brock, but you know, at some point, you gotta you, you gotta switch things up a bit. I agree. I agree. I think um, I think Roman will go over him at uh, at the end, and then I'm not really sure what Brock does after that. Maybe maybe he uh, 
goes back to WWE, to UFC. Who knows? So right now, real quick, four matches. Uh, obviously, the, the 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 two Royal Rumble matches at Royal Rumble, Universal Title match, Brock Kane and and Strowman, and the WWE title, AJ KO, Sami Zayn. Um, with the whole thing with Shane and Daniel Bryan, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do that next week. Cause that's starting to pick up. Um, but I do want to get to some people who tweeted at me that uh, I guess a favorite rumble moment or just a, a, a rumble moment in general. Um, if I can get this guy's Twitter account real quick from silk do rag. He said when, when Del Rio won, because it showed me how, tr- how to truly hate someone. So I guess he wasn't a fan with Del Rio won the, the rumble. <laughs> I that saw was, that too. Yeah. Um, at Scarlet one, Rikishi danced with two cool during the 2000 rumble in, in uh, MSG. And they got maybe the biggest pop on, on, on the show. Well, I don't remember that one. Um, at Juxtington, Stone Cold McMahon backstage rumble, 1999, too epic. Shawn Michaels sweet chin music on Diesel in '96 to win it all, which is mm-hmm. which is his favorite. I, I do recall that. Um, and at Bass M R M S W when Ric Flair won the title. Is my number one moment from 1992. Hmm. Are we t- are we talking just rumble match moments, or are we talking? I say rumble moments. I say rumble, rumble moments. Cards. No, I, I I put out there. Just give me any favorite any Royal Rumble moments. So it could be a match. It could be a a, a return. It could be something. But right. those were the ones. Um. That stood out to them. Um, I think me and you should do our our ones next. I, I think we did it briefly last week, but we'll do it again next week as, as the rumble comes along. But before I let you go, man, because I want to see, I want to you know catch you off guard real quick. Oh, if I if if I ask you, do you remember who won every Royal Rumble? Would you say yes or no, or majority or half? I would. Uh, I would not remember that. No, not oh, at all. Man, all right, so. Love it. I love it. So now I'm going to catch you off guard real quick. So obviously I won't say the last few rumbles because I, I just said who won those. Sure, matches. sure. Um, if I ask you, how about this? No, you know what? No, we, we're not doing that. If I ask you who won, let me just pick one year I have. Who won the 2003 Royal Rumble? Would you know who that is? Oh. Uh, Wasn't Shawn Michaels, right? No. I'm, I'm going to give you five Rumbles, and you, can right. only, and you can only pass up one. All right, all right, all right. 2003 Royal Rumble winner from the Fleet Center in Boston. Wow. It's not even called Fleet Center no more. No, the T, the T Garden. TD Garden, there you go. TD Garden, right, TD Garden. UFC 220 is going to be there uh, in, in two weeks. Yeah, you, uh, you, you've, had I, a, you've had a pretty I, long week, uh, man. Was it, was it Cena because it was in Boston? No. No, damn. All right, I, I'll, I'll help you out, man. First of all, you, you've had a pretty right. long week with Wrestle Kingdom and UFC 219, so you've been... 
You've been up a lot. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Um, you, you you give up? I give up. Brock Lesnar. Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, that was uh, that was pretty pretty early on in Brock's run, right? Yep. Who won? The 1993 Rumble. Uh, From Arco oh. Arena, Sacramento. Wow, Arco. Sacramento. Okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what was going on in '91. I'm better at these than I am at the at the mid 2000s ones. Uh, the easy way to do it, man, is you figure out who was in who was in the main event of WrestleMania that, that year. That, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that Yokozuna, Yokozuna was that was all that right. year, correct? Yeah. So you were one for two, man. One for two. Now, now, right, now. All right, all right, all right. Uh, n- n- uh, that was ninety one. Oh, he won that. Nineteen ninety one Rumble. Come on. Uh, ninety one. That that was uh that was uh from from the that was, Ho- that was Hogan Hogan Slaughter right in the, at WrestleMania so Hogan won the Rumble. Yeah, he did, but um, they didn't start doing that. You know, the winner of the Rumble gets a title shot until ninety until ninety three. So yeah, Hogan won oh. nineteen ninety one. Yeah. All right, all right. Now now it's getting uh two partial, partial credit, partial credit, partial credit. Yeah, now I got to figure. You know what? I could, I could catch you off guard here. 2006 Rumble. 2006? Oh, yeah. That was uh, that was definitely a, a uh, down period where I wasn't watching as much. Yeah. Uh, wait, that, that, was, uh, that was the one that Ray won, though, right? Ray Mysterio? All right, all right. What's that? Two, two, two for... You got Hogan, Yoko, Ray. So you th- th- uh, three out of four. All right, last one. Um... WrestleMania was that? Oh, it's right. 2007 Rumble. Uh, 2007 Rumble. Um, was it? Uh, was it Cena? Nope. Shit. Cena was. Oh wait. Cena was 08. Uh, I got it. But these are these are periods where I wasn't really watching a whole lot of uh of uh WWE at that point. Mm. You give up? I give up. The Undertaker. Oh shit. When him and Shawn Michaels were the last two? Oh but see yes. what, okay. what would throw you off is he won the Rumble, but he wasn't in the main event at Mania um, that year for the title. Him and Batista went on like middle, mid-card. Aha. Uh-huh. And the main event for that Very Rumble for, was... A forgettable match too, right? No, that, 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 was, that was pretty good to take your Batista. The, the, the main event for that uh, Mania was Cena and Shawn Michaels. That's right. That's right. That's right. But, um, all right, man. So, you know, you better, you better, you, better, you know... Do some homework on, on Rumble. I'm, I'm gonna ask you more <laughs> stuff next week, man. More, Rumble more. was always was always my favorite too, but man, the year the years blend together, and I I was lapsed for a little bit as a fan. So. Right. 
So. Don't worry, man. I'll, I'll ask you some other Rumble stuff next week. But um, <laughs> Mark, all the way from L.A., California, appreciate it. It's, it's almost damn near midnight here in New York. So uh, appreciate you coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi, M-A-R-C underscore R-A-I-M-O-N-D-I from MMAfighter.com. Mark, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Enjoy the snow. <laughs> Will do, man. Take it easy. Take care. All right.